Hi, welcome to Film Banter. I'm your co-host, Claudia, and pineapple does belong on pizza. Hello, and I'm Jared, your other host, and pineapple absolutely does not belong on pizza. And then just imagine this fight happening in our household. Daily. All the time, okay? We eat pizza a lot. Do you know how much of a nightmare it is that I constantly want a Hawaiian pizza, but I can't because of this prison that I live in? Because my husband doesn't like pineapple on pizza. He doesn't have a mature palate enough to like such an amazing topping. This is what truly divides our nation. This is. I think more so than anything else. I think so too. And I don't know if it's an even 50-50 split, but it is a very polarizing uh, topic. We have a lot of nieces and nephews, and I think we brought this topic to their attention one day. And I'm pretty sure about half of them said yes and the other half said no. There's really no resolution No. It, to this. Yeah, I think it is pretty... 50-50, at least in our family. Yeah. I mean, other than getting like a pizza with half pineapple and half, but I mean, I don't want to do that. No, because then your pineapple will get on my pepperoni. See, this is exactly the, this is exactly what I'm talking about. And not to mention, Jared's like, I can't only have four pieces of pizza. You know, if there's eight <laughs> slices, he's going to want more than four pieces. Yeah, you're right. And he's not, I mean, if even one pineapple lands on that other side, he's like Drake pushing that, you know, that meme where he's pushing it to the side. Jared's like, no, absolutely not. That is how I am. No entiendo. Pineapple is delicious. By itself. No. Well, yes, but pineapple. Okay, listen, pineapple on pizza, delicious. I've had pineapple on burgers, delicious. Wrong. I had pineapple at your brother's house on a glizzy. Divine, okay? Wrong. I don't understand now, grilled what your problem is. Grilled pineapple by itself, though? Fire. Grilled pineapple in the glizzy? No. Gas, dude. <laughs> no. Yes. No, it doesn't need to go with like these big uh, American foods. Pizza is not an American food. I know, food. I know. I thought, I thought about it. It really isn't, but... Now, None of the things American has... Uh, Americanized, maybe. Right. That's what I mean, because now it's like New York pizza's very common thing, although that is more uh, traditionally Italian. I pizza, just don't understand why you won't let love into your heart, Jared. I have plenty of love in my heart. Do you want to know another thing that was nearly a deal breaker for Jared and I. Oh, there's another thing? Ma- being getting married, right? This man, we live in Maryland, as we've said in previous podcasts. This man does not eat seafood. None of it. Not one creature in the sea does Jared partake in. Factual. Okay. I love seafood. All of them. Everything. I have not had one thing out of the ocean that I disliked. But yet... Oysters. You're- Clams, fish, crab, shrimp, lobster, all of them. Octopus, squid, yes, give it to me. Raw, cooked, pause, I love it. (laughs) I wasn't going to say anything. (laughs) I was just going to let you just keep rolling. Amazing, divine. In all forms, I will eat that, okay? But yet you're so afraid of the ocean and what's under. I'm not, okay, listen, I'm not afraid of the ocean. No, but what's deep below. I respect the ocean. Yeah. There's mad respect for the sea. You have to respect the ocean. Another fun fact about me is that I have this crazy, deep knowledge of the ocean and creatures in the ocean. Ever since I was small, I had this crazy obsession. I read all the books. I know all the facts. I mean, like, 
we'll just be walking somewhere and there'll be, uh, I don't know, some random sea creature on a poster. And I'm like, oh, that's the blah, blah, blah. Did you know that this creature, blah, blah, blah? Isn't that right? Yeah. I mean, like... Definitely. A lot of them, things I don't know about. And I... I don't know what it is. It's just this plethora of knowledge that I have in my brain about sea life. But there's a lot of things food-wise, and we're foodies. Jared and I both come from families that love to eat, baby. We love to eat all the time. Yes. Different places. But we have very different palates. Do you know how much of a nightmare it is to cook in this house? Because I can't make anything seafood. Jared will not eat it. It's not a nightmare, though. It's just me because my side loves seafood. My side of the family. That's true, except for the vegans. Right. There but are vegans no, on, in we, his family. Most, most, of, most of us are really, um, I mean... A, yeah, me and Jared's brothers go to town on some shrimp and crabs and stuff. Like, if that's an option... We're going hard in the paint. Jared, Jared sure, does not yeah. like it. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's, it's not for him. And I love you, baby. I love you through it, for better <laughs> or for worse. Okay? That does not make you any less. It's just, I just don't understand it. You know what I mean? I just I, don't, I don't get it, you know? I don't get it either. How uh, you could want something that sweet on a slice of pizza. To each his own, I suppose. Uh, give us your feedback, our listeners. It's going to be exactly 50-50. Let's have a poll. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Or do you not have a soul? What is, what is it? It's, it's truly a... We are truly divided as a nation because of this. <laughs> this is the real problem with the world. These are the real issues that we need to get to the bottom of, you know? <clears throat> not all that other crap. But no one will, we won't ever come together in this matter. Mm-mm. It's going to be an ongoing fight for the rest of our lives. Yep. I'll never come down from this soapbox of pineapple being exquisite. Again, I love pineapple. Okay. You're just saying pineapple is exquisite? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But it's also exquisite on other things. Just Mm. more variety, you know? I am such a salty, sweet person. I like any, like French fries and ice cream. Yeah, Give it to me. Yeah, Pretzels and chocolate. Yes, potato chips. They got bacon. That's covered in chocolate at the Amish market. Incredible. Our new sponsor is going to be the Amish market. I know. We, we shout literally them out every pod. I feel like at this point, the Pennsylvania Dutch market. Oh, I can't say where it's at because then you'll no, know where we but, live. But please, uh, please sponsor us. We've been shouting you out every pod yeah. so far. They don't listen to podcasts though. Or just like give me free food every time I go in there because I give you all enough money every week going to eat there and getting all your tasty treats, which are. A hundred percent worth it, by the way. I will continue to pay. And y'all are just so nice. The nicest people. They are the nicest people. Very sweet in there. But yeah, let me know if you're Team Claudia or if you're Team Jared. Be on the right side of history. Which is my side, yes. I agree with you. Wrong. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Okay, should we get into it? What movie did we watch? Yeah, let's get into it. So we're doing today the movie Red Eye. Came out in 2005, directed by Wes Craven, music by Marco uh, Beltrami. I'm going to guess that's how you say it. Let's see, where do we go from here? I'm a little rusty. We haven't we haven't uh, recorded in a little bit. Uh, let's, uh, let's mention up top, too, since we do have an email now. We're going to keep uh, mentioning that since we do. First couple pods, we still didn't have one worked out, but we got it now. So filmbanterpod at gmail.com. Email us about whatever. 
Whatever, man. We're here to listen. Give us some uh, uh, constructive criticism. We can take it. Yeah. I, think, I, I think will only cry about it in private. I think you'll be able to take it better than I can. Uh-uh. I disagree. I I am open to criticism. Just know I'm going to dwell on it for the rest of my life. So will I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, whatever you have to say, um, we obviously want to be the best that we can be. Yes, and, definitely. And we love those of you that listen. We love you so much. Uh, we care about what you have to say. We really do. So, yes, please send us anything, you know, any encouragement or anything that you have noticed that you would like to see more. We're open to it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Just don't be mean. <laughs> Just okay? don't be mean, yeah. Because I we will retaliate <laughs> and be mean also. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's not what, that's not how it, you're supposed to be. No. Uh, let's get into the questions we usually start with. Should uh, we say the the main actors and stuff first in the movie? We kind of talk about them a little bit, but yeah, I can go ahead and... Ooh! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I got so worked up, I had to sneeze. <laughs> yeah. Salute. Gracias. The cast in this, Rachel McAdams, Killian Murphy, Brian Cox... Uh, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the main. Honestly, yeah. Honestly, we don't really we don't really know the other people. Uh, the redheaded girl, I've seen her. I think she was in the league. Jama Mays. Jama Mays, yeah. Uh, she's I, I didn't really like her that much, but no, oh, she was kind of cute. I kind of liked her. No, I mean in the league. Oh, but no, in the no, league. Yeah. No, okay. In the yeah. movie, no, she's really cute. She's a cute little supporter. No, she was good in the movie. Yeah. 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 All right. So this movie I have never seen until now. Claudia, how many times? You've seen it a couple of times, right? Once or twice before we watched it yesterday. Yeah. Okay, cool. I remember watching this movie with my mom. Shout out to Evelyn Jones. Um, yes. Both of my parents are, uh, my mom's name is Evelyn. My father's name is Eric. And they, I mean, I grew up in a house where we watched movies all the time and we had a huge collection first of VHS tapes, then DVDs, and then it went into Blu-rays and we had just so many and we would watch movies all the time. And I really appreciate the love I've, I got for movies from my parents. So shout out to them. I love you guys. And Red Eye was a movie. The first time I saw Red Eye, I watched it with my mom and I remember just feeling full-blown panic the whole time. It was just, my nerves were up to 11 because of how just insane this movie went and so fast. It is quick, yeah. It's under, it's like an hour and 20 minutes. It's not sure. long yeah. at all. Well, yeah, start with you first. I mean, since you've seen it already before. Mm-hmm. What'd you think of this movie? I guess second or third time now seeing it. I like this movie. I like the plot. I will say... As much as I do, I still like it, but I don't like it as much as I liked it the first time I saw it. Mm, really? Yes. And okay. maybe because there's been a lot of time in between that. I mean, years. That's the problem with going back to movies you've seen earlier in your life. And right. you're wondering, hey, does this still hold up? Or Now, to be honest, the first time I saw this, I was also younger. So the excitement of the movie and the things that I've gone through in my life since watching it through the first time may have jaded me a little bit because I don't think that high intensity movies affect me that badly anymore. So that could have something to contribute oh, to okay. it. You know, I, it's like, it was still exciting and like, Ooh, so you're desensitized. I'm now. desensitized okay. a little bit to, to certain things now. That's probably my fault. I'm showing you I'd like the worst 
movies. Not the worst movies, but just ones that are very... No, I mean, not necessarily your fault. Very violent and... I'm the one that's that loves horror movies. Jared does not. And I watched so many horror films bef- like after Red Eye and before I met Jared. So I think maybe that, this is more of a thriller. It's not, yeah, it's not a horror movie, even though I think that's one of the tags it has on it, but it yeah, isn't really. thriller horror. It's not really. It's, it's a thriller. It's a scary situation for sure. Well, yeah, yeah. But, not a horror movie though. But no, it's, it's, you know, I am a little desensitized to it, but I mm-hmm. still like the movie. Okay. I would still watch it again. So what did you think all of the good? movie? Yep, all good. Sorry, go ahead. What did you think of the movie? All right. This is be your first time seeing it too. Yeah, first time seeing it. I do not know what you're about to say. I have not been able to get it out of you since we watched it. I was like, what did you think? And Jared's like, I'm not telling you. I don't think you liked it. You don't think I liked it? I don't think you did. Your okay. boy's in it, Killian Murphy. Oh yeah, I love Killian Murphy. But I didn't. I don't think... I feel like when I make movie recommendations, I miss every single time with you. No, you don't. Not every time. There's only I think there's only been a couple that I've not really been in too much. I don't think there's been any that you've suggested that I've just straight up hated. That's good. Not that I can think of. Okay. Um, man, I don't know. I. You're partially right. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't like this movie that much. Uh, there's some good scenes in it. For sure. There's some parts that are really cool. Overall, though, it's it was just okay. <laughs> and I think, honestly, part of it, which, uh, I don't know. I feel like you, so before we watched it, because we were going to do this a while back, and then I think the hype got to me because you were really hyping this movie up to me. Oh, see, this is my problem. I think that was part of it. And I'm not blaming you. I just, because I, I know you really liked it. So you were just like, oh man, you were because you were like, buckle up, and I'm like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> and it's like a roller coaster where you like go up the top, and then it's just a tiny little hill. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, that was cool. <laughs> so, I mean, kind of. So it did. I think that I think that did play into it a little bit. Gosh darn it! I gotta stop doing that. No, it's all right. I just I think that did a little bit into it, but I was just expecting it to be like, and obviously, like you said, the situation is crazy, but I don't know. I was expecting it to be a little more intense than what it was. It okay. is intense, but yeah, I don't know. And there's a couple things that just, I think, uh, well, we'll get into that question also in a little bit that don't really hold up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Pause for a second. Yeah. We're recording this episode on the first day that our first episode airs on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Okay. Mm-hmm. So our first episode of film banter when we're recording today is actually came out today. Yes. Okay. Tori just texted me. Okay. And she said, and you're going to laugh so hard. She's texting me, the glizzy talk in this episode has me crying. In quotes, I'm a glizzy connoisseur. She's yep. listening to the podcast and she's dying at the segment. That is like, yeah, that was like awesome. my favorite thing to listen to. Awesome. I'm so excited people are listening to it. I'm glad. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Anyway, back to our normal scheduled program. Yeah. So yeah, I just, yeah, it was, uh, it was just okay. Let's, uh, let's go right into though. Cause I was kind of just mentioning about there's some things in this. I just don't think hold up, which is hard. Cause this is a weird time, like mid two thousands and some, I mean, there's some great stuff from this time. I mean, yeah. the last movie we just did was 2002, uh, One Hour Photo, and that was like, I love that movie. That was such a good movie. Yeah. It really was. And this is, so this is what, three years later, mm-hmm. this comes out. And again, it's it's the way it is. It's uh, it's hit or miss. You never know. There's going to be good, good stuff and some stuff that's not so great every year in movies. But the 2000s is just a weird time in general. But <laughs> yeah. 
I was going to say the movie. So yeah, I'll ask you now. I'll go into it first. But does this movie hold up? And I would say, yeah, like the situation and everything like this for sure could happen. Oh, yeah, definitely. However, though, if if it was a couple years later (laughs) and there were and everyone had iPhones. Yeah, I think a different story. They would have to go about this a much different way uh, as far as wanting to assassinate a public figure and having this girl on a plane having to make a phone call like please no one would ever get away with that right now no definitely not they would have to do so they'd have to like kidnap her or something so like what i was saying to you if they if they made this movie now i feel like they it would be a period piece and it would be even older than so it'd be like probably back in like i don't know the 90s or 80s or even 70s you know yeah they would just Put it back then and then you could write a easier story about it. It would be a little bit more believable because you don't have all the technology that we do now with tracking people and everyone having all this at their disposal, you know, from their phone. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Very true. But yeah, do you think this movie holds up? Yeah, I I agree. I agree completely with what you just said about it. Like the storyline is great and the idea of it definitely holds up. But if it were to take place right now, this would not be a story. They would have to, it would have to be a different way about it. They'd have to go about it much different than, and that's pretty ballsy doing it on a plane like that in front of everybody. First of all, okay. I feel like, and we could talk, I'm getting into my talking points and I don't really want to, but Rachel McAdams in this movie, when he starts you know, saying there's a man parked out of your father's house, I would immediately be screaming and crying. I would never hold, and I'm sorry, dad, that would probably jeopardize your life, but I just immediately would start (laughs) freaking out. Like I, she holds it together and she's just like, and you kind of, you know, you realize that her past, she's been kind of trained for something like this because of something that happened to her in her past. But I mean, no way would I be as chill as she is in this movie. And she's not really chill. She's crying, but she's holding it together. She's holding it together, yeah. Yeah. I would not be. No. I'd be throwing up all over the place. All right, well, we'll get into the notes in a little bit. We got a couple other questions. Uh, So next one is, what is the best scene or your favorite scene? My favorite scene in the movie, and this is going to be sick, is... I think when they're in the bathroom in the I knew airplane. You were say that. I love that scene. It's so intense. Killian Murphy is like right up on her, like telling her that she needs to keep it together and, you know, do this and kind of manhandling her. I don't know. There's something about that scene that I really liked. Um, but I also. You're a sick person. I am Claudia. a sick person. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I... That is a good scene, though. Yeah, It's a good scene. It's it's so intense. Killian Murphy's acting is insane in that one. I've been telling you, he's he's the dude. I think that's what's doing it, is he's so freaking believable. I have not seen anything he's in that he's been... He is not... He goes 100% in everything I've seen him in. He's so good at playing an insane person and an intense person. Yep, yep. He's one of the best. And I love how he's got that, like evil playful banter about him but then he gets very he like takes it up to 11 and is like you need to do this and you know he's very i mean he's awful he's an awful person in this movie Mm -hmm. um so any scene where killian murphy is getting very passionate and very upset is my favorite scene i think because he just does it so well. I wish you would watch Peaky Blinders. He's he's just so good in that. He's good in everything. I but do. I just, I just need to sit down and watch it. I really do. There are so many shows though know, that we're watching right now. I know. I just don't have the time unless I don't sleep. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. I know. 
I got sleep back in July. Yeah. I can do it. No, you you like your sleep. Oh, man. If I don't sleep, I literally turn in. Not literally. I got to stop saying literally because I don't literally. If I don't get sleep, <laughs> <Close to it. laughs> I get really close to becoming a monster. You definitely need more sleep than me because I do not sleep as much as you. I mean, if people that people that can relate to this, if you're not sleeping, I feel physically ill the next day. Like I have a cold. Yeah. It is not fun. I mm. have to sleep. I have to sleep or I'm out. All right. We're going to talk about Killian Murphy more in a little bit for sure. But I'm going to mention for best scene. I don't really have one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, this this is going to be a good pod because this is the first one that I think uh, we disagree on. Yeah. Now, not completely. Like, I don't hate this movie. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be good. It's just not as good as the rest of the ones that we've done. Yeah. I get it. And it's, it's fine. And it's, in, yeah. And that's what that's this is great. about. Yeah, yeah. for sure. We're, we can't we're not, all, they can't all be tens. No, definitely not. But <laughs> they're not, not all first round picks. Yeah. <laughs> if you know that quote, send us an email. I'll give you a special prize. <laughs> This is going to be good, though, because still, though, you do like this movie, I think, a lot more than I do. Oh, I do, definitely. So this is going to yeah. be interesting. Even though it it is it is interesting that you said you don't like it as much as you did. This time seeing it, you said you didn't like it as much. Yeah, I feel like maybe if I revisit this movie in 20 years, I'll be like, oh, no, that's a crap film. <laughs> well, see, I guess that's a sign that, because again, I think some stuff does hold up in this movie, but maybe some that's of it just, doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those where, and like we talked about before, with these kind of things, like movies you've seen uh, in the past that you're revisiting after like a long period, uh, it's actually more so when you're like movies you've seen as a kid. So you're, we're not going far that far back. It's uh, nostalgia plays a big role in it. It does. And you don't always know if, and sometimes it, it still is good when you revisit it, but sometimes it, it goes the other way. And another thing that I just thought about is my mom and I, we are the same person personality wise. So when we're in a room together and we're watching movies or we're watching TV or literally doing anything, her and I are always just turned up to 11, like laughing, carrying on. And I think the company, when you're watching a movie, can help a movie seem like crazier than it actually is. That's true. My mom and I, when we're watching stuff and there's an intense part, we're just like, I mean, you know, like freaking out and then talking and be like, oh, you know. So I brought you down in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, Jared's not like that at all. He won't talk at all, except for like maybe if he's like, oh, that's a good, uh, that song, the, the, the. The score is amazing in the movie. That was a good. That was a good imitation of me. Yeah, it's just like little things that you'll say. But me and my mom are just like those people in the theater that snuck in food and just laugh like the whole time. I love that about us. I really do. See, that's good. At least you're not the people that are talking the whole time. Because I was no. going to say you're the kind of people that people hate the theaters, but you're just laughing. That's great. No, that's yeah. a good movie theater person. Right. No, yeah. we don't. We don't like have full blown conversations or anything, but. Yeah, I can't stand we're, that. When we're at the movies, we're there to have a good time. I, I'll i laugh. If something's funny, I'm going to laugh, and I'm going to laugh loud. You know what I mean? So anyway, I, I think that maybe watching it with her the first time really made the movie even that more intense for me. I think with movies and shows, I think I tend to just analyze them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so You don't say. <laughs> I think that might be part of it, but I will shout I will shout out though for best scene. The explosion at the end was dope. Oh my word, yeah. That was done really well. Except for afterwards there's like one shot I think with um I'm sorry if I'm forgetting her name, the redheaded. Her name's Cynthia in the movie. Cynthia, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with her in kind of like the uh aftermath of it. Really bad green screen in the background. <laughs> but the explosion all before that looked awesome. It looked really good. 
for that time, I mean, they did a really good job. Yeah. Well, even now, like it, it the actual explosion, because it looked all real. I think it was all. All a real explosion. Yeah. Except yeah. for like a little bit of the um, fire afterwards. But actually, you've seen everything uh, blow up. It, it was all real for sure. This is going to be easy one. This is probably the only thing we will agree on. Best performance. Oh, Killian Murphy. For sure. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> 100%. I, when I saw he was in this movie, and Rachel McAdams, she's great too, but I, I I just, before even we hit play on it, I was looking at my notes, best performance. Before the movie even started, I said, it's Killian Murphy. Has I wrote it down immediately. Yeah. yeah. I knew it would be. Most definitely. All right, we're going to do this now because I once again forgot last time. Uh, what did you draw on your notes for this one? And what did you draw on the last one too? Because I forgot last time as well, which was for... Outbreak. Right? Yes, for Outbreak. Yeah, for we outbreak. forgot that one. Yeah. For Outbreak, I drew, uh, in the movie, they have the, the I guess, medicine for this virus called E1101. And it, they have them in the little drip bags. So I drew a little drip bag. This is E1101 on it. Nice. Okay. With the little uh, IV thing. Mm-hmm. Um, for this, I had a couple, actually. I drew a plane in the dark. You can see it's in the dark because I scribbled <laughs> darkness around it. <laughs> and then I drew the cup that is in the bar scene before they get on the plane because I love those tumblers, the glass tumblers. Yeah. With like the blue rim. It's like you go to like a Mexican restaurant. You know what I'm talking about? Those little mm-hmm. glasses with the blue top rim around it. Yeah, I, I just like love this. how chunky they are. And then I drew Rachel McAdams' eye in her eyebrow and her crying because she does that a lot in this movie. Just one eye? <laughs> just one single eye. Okay. Do you see it? And it's crying. Oh, yeah. It's got a tear. I think I did a pretty good job. It looked good. It yeah. does look like her eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have this weird obsession with drawing eyeballs. Anybody else that like doodle, you just want to draw eyes all the time? I have that. What is that about? Psychoanalyze me. Well, you you deal with them a lot in your job, so that's probably part of it. That could be, yeah. yeah. But I just, I don't know. I just like drawing them. We'll talk about the actors a little bit more before we get into the notes. I actually don't have that many notes. Um, you probably have way more notes than me. That's typical, <laughs> though. I, I usually have a lot more notes. That is true in general, yeah. Rachel McAdams, how do you feel about her? I thought she was great in this. She did really good. And I, you know, you think Rachel Rachel McAdams, you think a lot of rom-coms or like just romantic movies in general. Yeah. But she does play this girl who is a people pleaser. But you find out kind of halfway towards the end, she's she's pretty tough. Yeah, she's for sure. She's tough as nails, actually. Mm-hmm. And she's good at, I love a woman that can be feminine and so strong at the same time. That is amazing. Definitely. And she does that really well in this movie. She's, you know, very polite, loves her father, dainty. She's a professional. She is, she even mentions that she's a people pleaser. So sometimes those women come off as like doormats. But she's not. She's not, yeah. At all. And she has a really good balance. Um, so, yeah, her acting in this was very good as well. Killian Murphy was the best, in my opinion, but she was close. Her character was, she played a really good, um, her name's Lisa. Is it Risert or Resert? I can't remember how you pronounce the last I don't, name. I don't think we hear it in the movie. It's in the credits. I mean, them say her last name. I know, I can't. Yeah, I, I mean, know. they probably did because her father, I think they say her father's last name. Okay, yeah. Also, but anyway, yeah. So, yeah, well done, Rachel McAdams. Because sometimes I'm like, ugh, when she's, you know, there's some. And what uh, did you say about Rachel McAdams when we watched it? What movie? Because I think I asked What'd you. I, I think I asked you if you found Rachel McAdams hot. Oh yeah, we always talk about this when we do movies. We're, we'll probably bring it up a lot on the on the pods. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, not my type. Yeah. Not my type. But you said there was one movie in particular that you used to think she was hot. Oh, that was... All right, so that was Wedding Crashers. And when did that come out? And it was when I saw it for the first time in that year. Mm, okay. I was way younger. Yeah. That was, I think that was the only movie. Yeah, she's not like your type, typically, no. 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 Killian Murphy. Let's talk about him because... <laughs> this is the one. I was... I, I don't understand because <sighs> he is so much your type, but you... You refuse to, you you just don't think he's hot. And I, I don't understand because he has like all the things that you always mention to me that you like. I've got, I'm going to quote you the note I wrote. <laughs> you have a note about this. I okay. have a note about this. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to read it word for word. Killian Murphy. I can't pinpoint why I'm not attracted to him. He's 5'8", so he's, he's, okay, he's a short that. king. Uh, yeah. He's a short king. But I'm 5'3", so anything is tall to me. You know what I mean? I love his sleepy eyes and his jawline. Right. I feel like I should love him. He has a sexy voice, too. What is it? That's my... So you don't even know. I don't know. I Okay, so... He's also very skinny. He is skinny. He's pale. Dark mm-hmm. hair. Sleepy blue eyes. Jawline for days. This is I your. This is your ideal. There's something. Oh, there's something. I honestly, I think he just looks a little evil to me. Like in the face, he looks a little scary. Okay. There's something about his facial structure as a whole, where he's so good at playing a villain. Well, I think that's part of it. Pretty much everything you've seen him in so far, he has been playing a villain. And he doesn't play that in everything. So right. I think you need to see him in some... He just looks... Mm, I don't know. There's something about his facial structure where he, he, he can play a bad guy really well. Like Scarecrow, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, horrifying. Definitely. He played such a good Scarecrow. Yeah, something. It has to be. It has to be something like that. Because everything else, he ticks all my boxes, you know? He does, for He's sure. He's proper fit, and my head would be turned, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Right? So I just, I don't know. I don't know. Killian Murphy, though, I mean, you're great. I love you. I really do. He's a great actor. He's... He's one of the best. He is one of the best. I bet he's cool to hang out with, too. Yeah, he seems cool. He seems really chill. Yeah. I, I actually watched an interview recently of him. There's a lot of interviews now of him because of Oppenheimer. Right. Very similar style to me. He's very chill and laid back. And he doesn't. E- he, he wasn't even talking that much in the interview. Yeah. We could be friends. Mm-hmm. You two could be friends, actually. I think you I would love to be friends with would, Killian Murphy. Yeah. That'd be He'd dope. be my homie. That would yeah. be awesome. He would be the homie. Killian Murphy, if you're listening, hit me up. Yeah, let's go get some lunch sometime. Yeah. And by us, I mean you and Jared. And then I'll hide in a bush and kind of with binoculars see how it's going. We'll meet up afterwards for drinks or something. Yep. All of us. Let's hang. I just want to say one more thing about him. He is one of the best actors. So even in 2005, I would say, all the way up to today. Oh, yeah. And and we both still have not seen Oppenheimer. I really want to see it. I cannot wait to see that movie. But I think... Even without seeing it, I think he's going to win, which he very much deserves to win. So I think he finally will with that, which is good. He got, uh, I was going to mention that too, both him and Rachel McAdams, they got nominated for this movie, but not not one. They didn't win. Oh, interesting. And I'll go to one of my notes now because it's kind of about him. So the way he talks in this is like the, I don't know what it is. It's So it's kind of the cadence of his voice. It's like the seeds to Peaky Blinders. Because he has a little bit, I don't know, I picked it up like kind of halfway through the movie. The okay. way he was talking and the way he says certain phrases, it's 
like slight Peaky Blinders. So he's like on the way to becoming Thomas Shelby. That's pretty cool. It's really cool. I didn't. I picked him, and I'm like, all right, this is uh, this is interesting because he still did a decent amount of stuff after this before he even did oh, Peaky yeah. Blinders. Uh, the director. Uh, I'm just gonna go through what he's done. So Wes Craven hasn't really done that much. Probably more stuff that you'd be into than I would. Okay. So the big ones is are uh, the Scream movies. Oh. The Heck first yeah. four Scream movies is what he did. Awesome. There's a older movie called Deadly Blessing that I actually just recently saw. Uh, not the movie, but I saw, I was looking at it on IMDb and it looks interesting. That's one I do want to see by him, but there's not much else. Now, the other big one, I would say this would probably be his best movie is uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Amazing. Yep. Amazing. Old horror slasher movies are my favorite. Some of my favorites, for sure. Especially Scream. Uh, yeah, I knew you. Yeah, I knew you really liked Scream, so I wanted to mention that. That's really cool. And yeah, the first Scream, I do really like. I think really just the first one, though. Not so much after that. Yeah, I mean, definitely the um, sequels are not typically as good as the first true but when it comes to movies like scream you watch the sequels anyway because i mean it's the same kind of story and they're slasher movies i mean slasher movies i feel like when they're sequels even if they're garbage you go and they're see still them fun, yeah. you go and see them and you watch them you know what i mean yeah definitely um and especially like cult classics like scream and nightmare on elm street and mm -hmm. stuff like that you know they have those followings and when they do the newer ones, it's so cool to see old slasher movies like Scream and then the newer ones and how much film and technology has evolved into making it look so much more realistic now. So it's really cool to get the same kind of premise from the old stories with the new technology. It's It just makes you appreciate it a lot. Yeah, I would also say though that uh, very like very new movies though of what you're of what you're talking about newer movies uh, could also go in the other direction where uh, instead of doing everything practical they rely too heavily on CG and unless it's very good CG oh yeah it's garbage it ends up being worse yes I agree with you and so that's what I appreciate about older movies uh, I think I went on this rant like one of the first pods we did about everything just being on green screen now too not even going to a location to film yes which is a bummer that is a bummer in the summer for sure and there's something about the old like fake blood all over the place that is kind of just like you nostalgic yeah it's cool and it's cool um, how they used to be. You had to be a lot more creative back then with those scenes, with the materials that you have and the resources that you have. And it's, yeah, it's still really cool to watch. That's the uh, good and bad thing about technology is uh, you get to you get to do stuff you hadn't been able to do before. But uh, back in the day, having that technology limited makes you be more creative with. Yes. So. You definitely don't have to think as hard having those resources readily available now. But in some ways, though, like editing and even um, how we can score music in movies and shows now is just way you, you can get a lot more done. Yeah. And be way more efficient right. than you could before. So there's good and bad to it. There is good and bad. Yeah. I'm not trying to discredit, you know, new movies at all by any means because editing and CGI and all that I'm is, I'm sure, hard work. You know um, what, though? What? Very interesting, though, that we were talking about Oppenheimer. I believe Christopher Nolan, the director, said there are no CG shots in that. And he did, really? every, he did everything practical, which is awesome for a movie in 2023. That is so cool. I didn't know that. Now I'm really excited to watch it and 
Also, I'm sure you saw that because there was a million headlines about it. Like he actually detonated a bomb. Yes, I did see that. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I don't, I don't know how he did that. That's crazy. I can't wait to see it. Me too. All right. Notes. Go ahead. You got a lot more on me, so. Okay. In the beginning of the movie, there's a lot of people, even throughout the movie, actually freaking out. Okay. So there's this couple that come into, because Rachel McAdams, Lisa, she's a manager of a hotel, like a really nice hotel. And there's this couple that are regulars and they're there, I mean, chewing out Cynthia at the front desk because she messed up their reservation. Do not be those people, okay? And I know that they exaggerate these characters in this movie to be extra jerky, you know? But those people do exist. But those people do exist because I have dealt with people like that working in public service, right? Don't be those people. Yeah, be nice. Be nice to everyone. We talked about this in which movie? Uh, about, oh, I think it was Cable Guy because Owen Wilson was being so mean to the waitress. And we were talking about how, especially people that are dealing with your food, we even shout out the movie Waiting if you want to know what happens. Yes, that's right, yeah. If you're mean to uh, uh-huh. the waitstaff. The waitstaff. <clears throat> just be nice about it. People just be nice. are at work and they're trying their best and a little bit of grace and kindness can go a very long way with people. Absolutely. And just to be blatantly so rude to people who are just trying to help is just so, those type of people just make me so upset. I mean, yeah, really me you're the worst kind of people. And I usually uh, I usually take it too far. I usually am just way overly nice all the time. Yeah. Now there are certain things where the uh, customer is justified and then being upset. If, if the wait staff, you know, the customer isn't always right, but the people that are working aren't always right either. There's a balance. You know, you don't want to, you know, just take your business elsewhere. If it's a problem, you don't have to make a scene, especially because this poor girl, Cynthia, is there and she's trying her best. And you can see she's trying her best to make this right for these people. And they're just, even after the fact, so incredibly rude to her. Oh, it bothers me. That stuff bothers me so much. Okay. And I, I'm going to go into a story really quick. I was at the beach with my mom and my two best friends, my two best girlfriends. Uh, Shout out Megan Erica. Um, And we were at this brunch place before we were going to hit the beach. And there was this couple uh, sitting at a table and they were having breakfast. And you, we were coming on to the restaurant like as they were finishing up their food, right? So we're waiting to be seated. This is not a very busy place, but they are understaffed. After COVID, a lot of places were just so incredibly understaffed everywhere. That still is a thing. And it still is a thing, yeah. yes. So I'm sitting there and I'm standing there with you know my mom and my friends and we're waiting to get seated. And we just overhear this couple sitting at this table. And I'm going to just tell, I'm going to paint this picture for you. This couple had very nice clothes on. I mean, Louis Vuitton bags, Gucci slides. She had the most beautiful Gucci frames on. Um, so they were basically these people in this movie. Yeah, they were you, They were well off. They call the waitress over after you can see they've eaten most of their breakfast, okay? The waitress comes to bring them their check and she's like, um, the grits that are advertised on your menu are not the grits that I got or something like that. Something about her food was not good and she didn't like it. They were not going to pay for it. This was not what you advertised. This food was not good. We're not paying for this breakfast. But she ate like almost all of it. But they ate pretty much all of it. 
Okay. Yeah. And the waitress goes, um, is there, I'm sorry, is there anything that I can do to make it up? You know, I, I my manager isn't here. I can't not charge you because the food, you know, when they sell food, the end of the day has to add up to what their sales were for that day. So she was like, ma'am, if you don't pay for this meal, it's going to come out of of my tips for the day. Is there anything that we can do to, and my manager's not here. I cannot open up the register or anything. She said, "Uh, you better figure out something because we're not paying. Was being so nasty to this waitress, right? It's even worse that they clearly have so much money. Oh, the breakfast would have been like $20 total for both of them to eat at this place, okay? And they were like, well, we're not not paying, so I guess it's going to have to come out of your tips, is what she tells this waitress. This waitress walks away. She says, okay, you know... I had to physically walk away from the situation because I felt like John Quinones was about to pop out with a camera and be like, what would you do? You know, like that show. I was getting so infuriated at these people. That was an obscure reference. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm full of those. Um, I had to walk away from these from the situation because I was going to freak out and cause a scene. And then, so we finally get seated and the waitress comes over. She's crying. like She's she's like wiping her tears away. I walk over and I'm like, you know what? No, I'm paying for this breakfast. That's not coming out of your tips. That's ridiculous. They can afford it, obviously. And they obviously enjoyed the breakfast because they freaking ate everything. So they're just trying to give you a hard time with something that they obviously can afford, you know? And that stuff infuriates me so bad. This girl is probably just trying to make ends meet and waitresses get crap pay anyway yeah literally they rely on their tips i was not i was not having it i was so upset so just don't be those people okay i know this is a supposed to be a fun movie podcast but just think about if you were in that situation you know Mm -hmm. put yourself in this person's shoes just be just be nice okay people be nice all right now that that is over and that's out of the way i actually (laughs) wrote down this quote that Rachel McAdams says. She says, there are no guests who are a-holes, just ones with special needs. That is not true. Mm, Yeah. They're both. They obviously have special needs and they are a-holes. It's like that customer's always right thing. I think we talk about that in one hour photo about that stupid sign at the top. Yeah, we did. Yeah, ridiculous. So Lisa has a fear of flying. And I wanted to ask you if you have a fear of flying because I don't remember how you are on planes. We haven't flown anywhere together yet. I did have a fear of flying because, so I flew when I was like one and a half. That was the first time I flew. So obviously I don't remember that. I was born in Portugal. So when my parents came back to the US, first time I was on a plane. So obviously obviously I don't remember that. And then the next time I was on a plane was not till uh, I want to say eight years ago, 2015, maybe 2016. So going into that, I was I was kind of freaking out. Really? Like, yeah. so walk us through that experience. What well, was going on? Well, let me shout out, uh, shout out my dude, Andres. I was flying to Florida oh, to be in his wedding. Yes. So let me know if I, I got my uh, date wrong. I think it was around 2016, I want to say. Yeah, I was just, uh, honestly, once I got, it was just the lead up to it. Because once I got, actually even into the airport, which is weird, normally like people that are afraid of flying normally once they're finally up in the air and everything kind of calms down that's when you know obviously you're supposed to relax but I think everything leading up to getting to the airport I was super nervous but when I got to the airport and I didn't actually know because I wasn't familiar with everything I was still stressing a little bit about all right where do I need to go what do I need to do 
But after I got that all taken care of, I was good. Even taking off the plane, everything else, I was I was fine. Okay. That's it, though. That's it. So you've never been scared flying? I've been flying my whole life. Yeah, you've been flying a lot, yeah. Uh, I went to Mexico when I was very small. A couple times, actually, I've been to Mexico. Um, but I've never, even as a child, I've never been scared of being on the plane. Maybe because I was just exposed to it at a young age and... And constantly after that, you know, I we fly yeah, to a to lot it. of places. I was just used to it, I guess. Even the first time I flew alone, I wasn't very scared. It's not the plane. I'm not, I don't have a fear of heights at all. What I don't, what makes me uneasy about planes is that I have nowhere to go. If I'm in a situation where I can't just leave, I start stressing out. So it's more of the fact that I'm in a tin can with no doors, mm-hmm. you know, the flight, whatever. I flew to Australia for 18 hours. Okay. Now that plane, the planes that they take you, international flights are humongous and there's so much space. So it's a little bit easier, um, but just being enclosed in a place for a long time bothers me. I'm not like scared. I don't have to take like pills or anything to chill out. I just don't particularly care for it. Okay. Flying used to be a lot more fun than it is now, I feel like, also, because everybody's just so high-strung and high-stress. So being at the airport is just an experience in itself. That's true. Uh, And I feed off of energy a lot. And if there are people freaking out, I just, I can't calm down. I don't like it. Uh, I'd say one of my favorite flying experiences was when I flew to Arizona for my business trip that one year. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I actually flew alone by myself. I was 22 and I had such a good time. I mean, I was, and it was so odd for me because I do not like doing things by myself at all. I'm such a social butterfly. I like to be with people and experience things with other people, but I had a good time. It was great to and from. So yeah, no, I don't have a fear. It's just being enclosed in a place for a while. Kind of sucks. And yeah. the bathrooms are so tiny. Yeah, they are. Bathrooms are like kind of an escape for me if I'm like freaking out and I just, I can't relax in a bathroom in, in an airplane because they're just like so small. So obviously, okay, so just to give you some kind of context to this next one, Rachel McAdams meets Killian Murphy in the airport. They have a couple drinks and then they get on their plane And then magically, they are sitting next to each other. They have this, you know, and then we learned that Killian Murphy, who is Jackson, is working with a group of people that are trying to assassinate this public figure. In order to execute that, Lisa has to move because this man is staying at her hotel that she manages. In order for him to execute this, Lisa has to make a call to have his room moved to a a room that's easily accessible for this missile that they're going to blow him up in, right? The whole movie is pretty much Jackson trying to get Lisa to make this call and she keeps making it very difficult for him and she's in disbelief he's using so he has a guy parked outside of her father's house saying that he's going to kill her father if she doesn't make this call okay there's a scene where Rachel uh Lisa sorry goes into the bathroom in the airplane and she's just she kind of lets it all out because she wasn't able to out in the aisle seats or everybody, she, you know, everybody would be looking at her. She goes to the bathroom, she cries it out, she sobs, she dramatically falls to the ground. And then she grabs her head and she goes, okay, get up. And I was like, my gosh, as women, how many times have we experienced this moment? 
you know, maybe not to this extreme where a guy is threatening to kill our father if we don't do something, but having those cry sessions, freaking out because you don't know what you're going to do. And then you're just like snap back into it and you're like, okay, let's get up, let's shake the dust off and let's keep going. I just, I, she did a really good job at playing that, that role too, because I really felt the raw emotion that she was trying to portray in that scene. Yeah. Definitely. definitely. Yeah, that I was, agree. That was a really good scene as well. So let me uh, go to one of my notes that kind of has to do with that. One thing I didn't really understand, so you'll probably be able to explain it, is what did Jackson ultimately want? I know he was, you know, he's, they're trying to assassinate this. Did they really explain who this person they're trying to assassinate is? They the, didn't really explain it too much, I don't think. Or maybe I missed it. There were, he's a political figure. And in the movie, throughout the movie, there were, they would show newscastings happening present time of what this man was up to, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he was running for president. I didn't really pay, I've got to be honest, I didn't really pay attention too much about what this guy, this political figure guy was doing that people wanted him dead. Yeah, I might have missed a scene because, or they didn't explain it that well because I, may I didn't understand I may that. have missed it, yeah. Because yeah. it may it may be in the movie, but I just don't remember it. So I know he has to do specifically. with specifically. So I know he has to do with that group that's trying to assassinate him. But so that's all he wanted to do. That was his whole goal. Well, yeah. I mean, he he's getting paid for this, right? Big time. Yeah. For this to follow through, I okay. guess him and his team were hired to do this, and they're getting paid insane money. Because remember in the scene where she's trying to get um, Jackson to tell her what he does for a living, and she's like, "Oh, okay," and she's like joking around, and she's like, "So you're in the mafia?" And he goes, "Criminally underpaid." Oh, that's right. Right. So yeah. we know whatever Jackson does as far as managing goes, because he calls himself a manager, kind of. He's getting paid. To do it. And he's very good at it. You can tell. Yeah, he is. But he met his match with Lisa. That's mm -hmm. for sure. Killian Murphy looks like a Tim Burton character in real life. <laughs> yeah, you think tell so? Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, yeah. You know how like Tim Burton characters kind of, have yeah, that I like naturally like, like I'm making a face of Jared right now. Like a, like a kind of like. Yeah, this is an audio pouty, only. Like a pouty, pouty face. Not that he's pouty, but he's got those Tim Burton character eyes, I think. Yeah, he does. Where they're kind of like sad and really blue and pretty. I just, he made a face in the movie and I was like, he looks like a Tim Burton character. Yeah, I can see that. IRL, yeah. Let's talk about the private jet that this... Uh, the PJ? Yeah, the PJ that this man has, this uh, congressman or whoever, whatever he's a part of that we totally missed because we were just not that observant, I guess, unless they just didn't specify. But I feel like they would have had to at some point. Beautiful. Him and his family are like sitting on couches and sofas in this private jet. It's insane, Can yeah. Can you imagine having a private jet? I can't imagine it. I wish I could. That would be insane. Yeah. Be like, let's go get breakfast in Paris. Yeah, just let's, because. Let's take the Why PJ yep. for a ride around the block, just like willy-nilly. That'd be amazing. What yeah, a life that would be. I think that was my exact words when we saw that scene. I said, must be nice. Yeah. Must be nice. You did. Yeah. That would be sick. Uh, 2005, really weird time for cell phones. <laughs> oh my gosh. The Nokia. The Nokia's. But then I think it's, I think it's Jackson's phone. It didn't even look like a Nokia. It looked like, I, I couldn't even tell what it was. It was really weird looking. It's just, yeah. I don't know. It's just, just a weird time. It's the, the cell phone that has no color on the screen. It's just <laughs> yeah. the black, like numbers and the little bars in the corner that tell you if you have service or not. Those Nokia's believe? though. Oh, they're going to find Nokia fossils years, thousands of years from it's now. Nokia's if and the Lord doesn't take us first. Yeah, it's the Nokia's 
and uh, Twinkies are the only two things that will survive. They will. Those things are tanks. They'll be relics. Yeah. They are tanks. Yeah, they last forever. You could skip that thing across a lake. It'd be fine. Bounce it off some rocks. Drop it down a mountain. Be like, oh man, I gotta get my phone really quick. Be right back. It'd be completely fine. It's completely fine. Not a scratch. All right, keep going because I only have a couple more. (laughs) Okay. So obviously (laughs) Jackson is threatening Lisa's father's life. If she doesn't make this call, I just want you to know if my dad is going to be killed, if I don't do something, I'm doing that something freaking five minutes ago. I'm not messing around. Oh, okay. Yeah. What do you need me to do? I'm doing it. Yeah, for sure. And that's as simple as that. I mean, like she's, she obviously knows she, so she's because this congressman or or president or whoever he is, is constantly staying at her hotel. She knows him personally but that's your father you know what i mean mm-hmm. let me mention uh her father really quick so brian cox great actor a uh, movie we need to do he's in a lot of stuff though but oh yeah he one is. movie that we need to do that he's in is manhunter oh yeah we won't, we won't do it for a while because it's a michael mann movie one of my favorite directors i'm not sure when we'll get to that he's the first person to play hannibal lecter oh that's right in that movie yeah he's very good in it which is tough because we've had Two actors after him that were amazing as Hannibal. Incredible Hannibal actors. I would argue the uh, TV show one might be one of the best, which might be a hot take. That is a hot take. So you think Mads Mikkelsen, is that his name? Yeah, it's tough because all three are better than Ahop? I I know. Oh boy. I don't know if I agree. Okay. Oh gosh. I think I think it's because I think it's because you just because of the show, you're just with him so much more. Like even Silence of the Lambs with well, although he's in the other couple other movies too, but even in Silence of the Lambs, he's not even in it that much. But he steals the scenes every time he is in it. Here's the difference between Ahop Hannibal and Mads Hannibal. Ahop Hannibal is sinister, gross, and scary. Mm-hmm. Mads Hannibal you think he's hot? He's hot. He's a hot cannibal. One of the best man. dressers. Amazing outfits. Yeah. Incredible home. He's yeah. like if Hannibal Lecter, but make it fashion, is Matt Nicholson. Every time you see in his apartment, he has a whole wall garden. I so think about sick. it so much, Jared. It's a whole wall in like the in the I think dining it's right room. Behind, yeah, right behind. It's in, in the, the dining, dining room. room. It's awesome. gorgeous. Yep. It is the most beautiful. I strive to have that wall of herbs and plants just kind of sticking out of the wall. And Mads Mikkelsen plays an incredible Hannibal Lecter. And I, I mm-hmm. really love that concept for Hannibal Lecter too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's tough because all three. It is very tough. When you see Manhunter as well, Brian Cox being him, also great. Not in it that much either. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, but all three. I don't know. I can't decide. I know it's a hot take at the moment, though. They're so different. I don't know. I, yeah, you're right. In the way they portray Hannibal Lecter. Definitely one is more scary and, and creepy as a cannibal should be. And then the other one is like a cannibal that you could be your friend. You know what I mean? I would mm-hmm. go to his house and have dinner literally and not think a does. second. Yeah, and literally yeah. everybody does in the show. With Brian Cox in this movie, though. Mm hmm. So my note is, my man's Brian Cox just wanted to post up and watch some comedies. That's all he wanted to do. That's all he wanted to do that night. That's all any dad wants to do, really. You know what I mean? He, he is being a dad, 
For sure. He's ultimate just dad. wants to relax in the house he pays for. And I love how anytime like he gets a call or someone's at the door or he hears anything, he's so annoyed to have to even get up out oh. of his chair. I love it. It's the most inconvenient thing that could have happened to him that day. It's great. And he, he great walks out to get his to get his newspaper or whatever, and he sees that the BM that BMW parked outside of his car, which yep. is where that assassin is sitting. And he's just looking at him like this man trespassing on my my uh, street here. I don't. I've never seen that car. Like any father would that walks mm-hmm. outside and sees a weird car, just like stands out there and just stares at it for a couple minutes and then goes back inside. You know. Yep. Um, and then anytime he answers the phone, I'm coming. I'm coming. You know. <laughs> so funny. So good. He plays a good dad <laughs> in this one. Uh, I wish he was in it more, actually. I do too. Yeah, he's not in it much. Yeah, that's if that's one thing I could change, I wish that Brian Cox was in it more. When Killian Murphy says, he's a good dog, he only responds to his master's voice. And he says it in that Killian Murphy voice, you know? Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. I'm seeing your face right now, but no one else sees <laughs> what you're doing with your face. It's a good, it's a good line. It is a good line. Right? Yeah. Uh, did you notice the name of the little yacht? That is holding the bazooka that is mm-hmm. about to. Sh- I did. It's called the Rapture. Yep. I, I thought that was pretty cool. And then they just so obviously like the, the um, secret service that is sweeping this hotel room before they bring in the. Do we know the name of this guy, the political figure? Let me look. In the I cast. can't remember. I, I can't remember what his last name was. Is it Keith? Charles Keith. Keith. Okay. Keith. Okay, so the his um, Secret Service is sweeping Keefe's room before him and his family. Mind you, his family will be in this room when this assassination attempt happens. So that adds, like, you know, there's children's lives that are on the line as well. This uh, Secret Service guy's outside on the balcony, and he sees this little yacht or this little boat out in the water, and he's like, have the Coast Guard check them out, make sure they're okay before we bring in the family to make sure they don't have anything, you know, because there could be snipers or whatever. Um, so they go and they check them out and they say, yeah, coast is clear. They're just out here fishing. No big deal. And then they fish a giant tub out of the water after the coast is clear. And that's where this like bazooka is in. That was smart. That was very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was cool. Yeah. That the boat's name was Rapture. My next thing is clapping at the end of a flight is like clapping at the end of a movie. <laughs> in my opinion. People still do it to this day. They do. Yeah. I have been on the plane when people are clapping. I feel like clapping on a flight is better than clapping at the end of a movie. Right. Because I still don't like it. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I understand what you mean. You yeah. know, it's like, mm, it's a little cringe. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it gives me the ick a little bit. You know what I mean? But it, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't do it, but. I understand clapping for the, I mean, the pilot. The pilot, yeah. The pilot more so than at the end of a movie, right. for sure. The pilot I has still get a, the ick either way. But the pilot has, yeah, it's a different level than yes. just people making a movie because a pilot has however many people are on the flight. He has all their whole lives in mm-hmm. his hands. Yeah. Did you know you're more likely to get trampled by elephants and die than die in a plane crash? Yeah. Dying in a plane crash is very low. Very rare. Yeah. Occurrence. Mm-hmm. That hotel suite that they were going to stay in, that family. And I'm going to do a, a lifeline quote here. It was pimpin' pimpin'. Yeah, it was. That was the nicest, one of the nicest suites I've seen in a movie. The thing was huge. Yeah. Like, this is like a penthouse apartment, like a big one. That room's bigger than our apartment. Yeah. Or any apartment I've ever lived in, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, it was dope. Almost every house I've ever lived in was bigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
What are your next notes? How many do you have left? I have a couple. I'll do this one now. So the scene, I think it's when pretty early on, uh, when Jackson, does he headbutt her? Yeah. Okay. So when he ha- okay. knocks her right out, I wanted to make sure that was correct. So when he headbutts her, this is something, um, I'm going to, I'm going to nitpick a little bit. Ruh-ro. He, he headbutts her and then immediately wipes the blood off his forehead completely in time for the flight attendant not to see. That was very fast. I Not possible. No, it isn't. He uses bare hands. He's not absorbing any blood off of his forehead. No chance. There still would be, you would be able to tell still. It would still be bleeding. Yeah. Blood would still be coming out of his forehead. Even if you wiped it all, though, you would still be able to tell. Yeah. Even if it miraculously stopped bleeding, you would still be able to tell what's Have going on. Have you ever gotten a cut on your head? It bleeds. It bleeds a lot. Yeah. It's so that was I don't a little know. too slick for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you guys could see my facial expressions. Maybe one day we'll we'll film these and you'll be able to see. I'm a very animated person. You are. The and camera I, would always be on you because I don't do much. It'd be very boring. I make so many faces. All the time. My face does not lie. I would never be able to lie to anybody, really. Mm-hmm. My face tells the truth. We need uh, all of our listeners. We will need a lot of people to subscribe or whatever we're going to do, Patreon, to be able to do video. Because right now we do not have the capability. Correct. So we would need a, a good amount of funds I mean, to do we, that. I mean, technically we could. To do it properly. It would just be a lot of work. You know? To do it properly, we would yeah, to do it properly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That little girl. There's a little girl that's doing an unaccompanied minor flight on this on mm-hmm. this plane, and in the beginning she's with her mom, and she's like, "Are you gonna be okay, honey?" And the little girl's like, "I'm 11. I'm not nine, mom." You know, like little kids that know it all, right? But this little girl is a little hero in this movie because at one scene, Rachel, or I'm sorry, Lisa is running away from Jackson to get off the plane. And this little girl kind of picks up that this guy is being creepy and weird and she doesn't know understand why, but she obviously knows that Lisa's in trouble. And so Jackson Oh, she the one does the Yes. Okay. Yeah. So there's a scene where Lisa stabs a Frankenstein pen into Jackson's windpipe, okay? I mean, oh gosh, that's such a fear of mine is getting anything stabbed into my throat, right? Jackson rips it straight out of his windpipe, puts pressure on it and starts chasing Lisa. This little girl throws her or slides her bag into the middle of the aisle to make Jackson completely trip and eat crap on the floor. Yeah, that was good. And she's just like, you know, she's boss. She's just like, yeah, I tripped you. What are you going to do? You know, and then he just kind of keeps going. That was so funny. That was good. The little girl. She is a thug. She is. She did not stutter when she said she's 11 and not nine. Okay. She grown. Also, everyone's watching this woman run for her life from this man in the plane in the airport and just nobody is saying anything or stopping them. There's no security freaking anywhere. Obviously in trouble and a man is chasing her. Do better, people. Come on. That was infuriating. That was one of the most like, this is not realistic scenes. It's not. It's not at all. Everybody's just like, oh, even you know, they're playing tag. Even oh, in 2005, please. that's not realistic. No. Yeah. Especially in 2005, I'd say that's not realistic. Oh, true. We live in an era right now where people are, do they mind their business? That They'll videotape true. you, but they're not going to help you. Right. 2005, there'd be a lot of men, especially after 9-11 happening. Four years, yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Everybody wants to be a hero in 2005. So this would not be happening. I only have one more note. So what's your, what's your. Mine's about the very end. Is yours about? Kind of. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, I'll do mine now. Okay. The way the movie ends is terrible. <laughs> the very last shot. Oh my gosh. I had to point it out. Why, why did it, why are they end this movie on that? The very end lines that Lisa and Cynthia say are, it, sit, cheesy. Oh my gosh. Cringe. It was horrible. So in the beginning of the and movie. Ending the movie on that. Yeah, why? and that was it. Then the roll credits. Horrible. Okay, so to give you context, when Jackson and Lisa, before they get on their plane, they're sitting at a bar, like I said, they're getting drinks. And Jackson is playing this game with Lisa where he tries to guess her favorite drink, right? And he goes down the list of a couple drinks until he pinpoints that she likes Bay Breezes and he orders her a Bay Breeze. Is that the ultimate white girl drink? Maybe. I thought vodka crayons were. I don't know. I'm just guessing. I feel like any cosmopolitan type thing would be like an ultimate white girl drink. Okay. But yeah, Bay Breeze sounds pretty fruity to me too. So they're walking away from the aftermath that is this, you know, bomb going off in their hotel and how Rachel saved or Lisa saved these people's lives and she's the hero and she made it out alive and she successfully, her and her father ended up killing Jackson and getting away, which I'd like to add. The cops don't freaking show up till the very end, just like classic movie Mm -hmm. people trying to you know, escape death. Cops don't get there till after the fact, which has always been an infuriating thing. I for did me. like. There would be no story though if the cops showed up. I true. Think. I did like. Kind of also dislike too. I liked that her dad is the one that killed him. But at the same time, I feel like it would have been way more satisfying if she got to completely kill him. Yeah, especially because so you learn that Lisa before all of this, a man held a knife at her and actually cut her in the chest. Mm-hmm. And she almost died, like from this encounter. We don't really know specifically what happened, but she wasn't in. I think it was implied in a situation where a man was holding her hostage, threatening her he- life. So you know, she's such a a hero in this because she promised herself that she would never be in the situation again where she would be the victim, right? So she ends up beating the crap out of Jackson, and then her father gets the gun that they find that the assassin originally had because she ran her car into him and he ends up killing Jackson. And I agree with you. I I wish that Lisa would have killed him instead. But, you know, it's kind of nice that her father could be her hero because I think he so desperately wanted to be in her life. So I get why, but it would have been cool for her to have that victory herself. But anyway, so after all the aftermath of her, you know, saving these people's lives and the crazy thing that happened to the hotel where it's just basically destroyed from this bomb going off. What does Cynthia say? Let's get you a drink. <laughs> Is that what she says? She says, let's get it. So something about, let's get a drink. And Rachel goes, anything but a Bray Breeze. Oh. Oh, disgusting. That's another bad one. <laughs> anything but a Bay Breeze, please. <laughs> disgusting. Corny. Bad ending. Cone. Very yeah. coney. Yeah. I could have done without that. It could have ended any other way. And it would have been better yep. than that horrible line, especially the way she says it. Do you have any trivia? I do. Oh, let me just say real quick. I haven't talked about the composer yet. Looked him up, uh, Marco Beltrami. Mm, not not saying he's not good, but not anything that stand, stood out to me as far as uh, stuff he's done. I also don't really, uh, I just wanted to mention his name, but I don't really have 
anything to say about the music. It was fine. The only thing I will mention is uh, shout out to the uh, same uh, sub bass as Blow the Whistle. Oh my gosh, that's so true. These are in the beginning and I think in the end credits. That's so funny. That's it. That's it. On to trivia. Okay. So trivia, as always, comes from IMDb. The first is Killian Murphy wanted the role of Jackson so badly that he took a plane from England to Hollywood two days before his wedding to have lunch with Wes Craven. Craven later gave him the part saying that his eyes won him over. There it is. There it is. (laughs) <laughs> the bedroom, the blue bedroom eyes. And he still got married, so his uh, woman wasn't that mad? No, he, he made it to his wedding. Okay, so he made it back in time. He made it back that in time. That was very close. He was cutting it close, though. Uh, yeah, I'd be freaking out if it were you. I'd be like, uh, just take the next movie, man. No, that's not true. I'd be like, follow your dreams. It'll be okay. Just make it back here. As long as you can make it back here, I don't care what you do. Yeah. Okay, for the movie, fake airline tickets were printed up for passengers to carry and use. On the back was listed 12 terms and conditions for buying the ticket, just like on real airline tickets. However, the 12th read, all the provisions of this passenger ticket and baggage claim check are completely bogus. It's all a bunch of excessive detail, and if you happen to be reading this, you've got too much time on your hands. Bring a good book next time. (laughs) That's good. That's funny. The entire airplane set was built on hydraulics, so when turbulence was called for in the script, the set actually shook from side to side. As mentioned by Wes Craven in the making of, the lady that plays the irate customer in the beginning and end of the film was cast after Craven met her at a board meeting. He had a feeling that she would make an excellent irate customer from her persona, walked up to her after the meeting and asked her to be in his movie. She eventually agreed. That's so funny. So he just, he got the vibe from yeah, he knew she was a Karen for yep. sure. Yeah. He's like, play a Karen in my movie, please. At around 10 minutes, when a woman spills an iced cappuccino on Lisa, the expression on Rachel McAdams' face is real surprise, not acted. She did not know that beverage would be so cold. Do so you remember when that woman oh. bumps into her and spills coffee all over the front of her like blouse or her blazer? Yeah. I guess that's a genuine, she genuinely did that like face because it was so cold. Okay. That's not as cool as I thought it would be. I thought you were going to say that they just didn't plan it at all. And then she was genuinely, genuinely surprised she by the woman surprised running surprised by her. the temperature of yeah, the- Yeah, that's not as cool. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been better if it just- If she just accidentally actually got- yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. Oh, this is interesting. This film was written for Sean Penn and Robin Wright. However, Wes Craven opted for younger leads. Hmm. Let me think about that. Sean Penn and Robin Wright. Yes. I think, hmm. I'm glad he went with the younger role. As much as I love Sean Penn. You do. Killian Murphy played this better. I feel like he would have played it better. Yeah. And he did. I I think Sean Penn could have done it though, but. He could, for sure. Wouldn't have been as good. No. Yeah. Robin Wright. I like her too. Yeah, she's good. She's really good. Both great actors, but I agree with Wes Craven's decision to do younger leads. Yeah, it was a good decision. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so remember when I said that Killian Murphy gets a pen with Frankenstein or whatever? Mm -hmm. The pen used in this movie has a monster on the end of it. In the original script, it was a pen with Bart Simpson on it, but since they couldn't get the rights to use it, they had to settle with the monster. Dang. They couldn't even get... They could not get the rights for The Simpsons. I guess mm, Simpsons was still pretty big then, yeah. Mm-hmm. And last one, Wes Craven got married in the middle of shooting this movie. That's interesting. That's the second movie we've had where someone got married... In the middle of filming? In the middle of filming or got married right before or after yeah. this movie. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I can't imagine 
doing that. When we got married, wedding planning was the most stressed I've ever been in my entire life. It is the most stressful time. And I, for men, it's not, it's if, especially if the woman is doing most of the planning. So maybe the for whole, Wes Craven, it wasn't as bad if his, if his lady was doing most of the planning for the wedding. I would say for me, it was the whole engagement thing. That was the most stressful. Well, yeah, that's all you. Me. Yeah. You plan that. You orchestrate that. Mm -hmm. That's your time to be stressed. Yep. Our time to be stressed is the wedding planning. Shooting a movie and planning a wedding, not for me. I could Working while planning the wedding was hard enough for me, let alone being the director of a film, I feel like. But like I said, the men don't really play a, a huge part typically in the planning of weddings, so... For him, it was probably fine. I think that's probably why he was probably like going up to the wire about to get married and he was shooting the ending of this movie and he was distracted. That's why the ending was so bad. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> He's trying to wrap it up, get on his honeymoon. All right. Is that it? That's it. Yeah. That was still a good discussion, even though you didn't like the movie that much. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Uh, I like these ones where we, uh, this is the first one I think we've done so far that we've actually kind of had pretty different opinions on. Yeah. Right. So, Yeah. Yeah. I liked it more than you liked it. Definitely. I mean, it's still a good movie. I don't feel like you don't do don't feel like you wasted time watching this. No, I wouldn't. Mm, I wouldn't say it's a good movie. Okay. It's all right. It was all right. It's your opinion. I think if Killian Murphy wasn't in it, it would have gone down a lot more. You're saying Killian My Murphy single handedly <laughs> carried this film on his back. What semblance of it that you did like? It, it was a lot of him. Not everything, not everything, but a lot of it was him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This has been film banter. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe, follow oh, on, yeah, yeah. on your platforms. Yeah, it's up now. Yeah, so. follow us, rate us, write a review. That's the biggest Only thing. Only if it's a five-star one. Yeah, that's the biggest thing, <laughs> it seems, for podcasts is not just the rating, but actually writing a review seems to help the most. So please do that if you feel so inclined. Yeah, turn on the notifications so you get notified when the pod goes up every Wednesday at three in the morning, which makes me think of that SpongeBob scene where Patrick eats a Krabby Patty at 3 a.m. and he wakes up and he's like, oh boy, 3 a.m. It's the same. Now you can wake up at 3 a.m. and listen to our pod. <laughs> wake up at 3 a.m. At 3 a.m. Oh yeah. boy, turn on the pod. Yeah, okay. And also, so the podcast is up. We have the email too now, filmbanterpod at gmail.com. Email us about whatever Let you want. Let us know what you thought about the movie. Yeah, definitely. What do you wish would have been different or what did you like? Maybe maybe this is one of your favorite movies. Yeah. Maybe this is your favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Let us know. Maybe right. you absolutely hate it. Also let us know. All right, Claudia, sign us off. Mm, bye. Bye.